Are you a mother looking to improve your enjoyment of the parenting process? If so, you're in the right place because mothers have the great privilege of having these beautiful children. And there's so many things that can serve as hindrances to enjoying that parenting journey. But then there are also things that can enable us to enjoy the parenting journey while ensuring our well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit. I am Dr. Duny. I am the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. This is a place where we all come together, talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of being mothers, the challenges, the benefits, and all the wonderful things we experience in our day-to-day lives. Most importantly, we share strategies and tips that we can utilize in our day-to-day lives to improve our well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit. So now that you're here, don't forget to subscribe, to download this episode, and to share it with other mothers as well. You do not know who really needs to hear this message and whose life you'll be turning around for the better by sharing this with others. So without further ado, I'm going to go into today's session, which is talking about the things that we can do to improve our parenting experience. Now, I happen to, apart from all those other things I mentioned that I do, I'm also a mother And I have seen my children evolve from when they were still within my womb until they are the stage that they are right now. And it's so beautiful to see the evolution every single moment of every single day and see the changes in the way they are appreciating the relationship we have and how they are learning about relating with the society and being better people in their own right. One thing I've come to realize is whether you do it one way or the other way, people will always have a comment. They will always have something to say. Society has so graciously, without us asking, given us so many high expectations. You have to do it like this. It has to be up to this level. And sometimes in the reality of things, it's not easy to get those things done. And what happens when that occurs is that many mothers struggle with the mom guilt, feeling self-doubt, or even having that point where they feel, I am not good enough. And so for all those mothers out there that are perhaps listening to me and thinking, oh, I can't make it, I can't do it, I'm not good enough, I want you to stop for a moment because I'm going to tell you something that you need to continue to remember every day. You are enough. You are amazing. You're doing a great job. Sometimes we need that reminder. And I am here to do exactly that for you. While I've grown through the different stages of life with my children, and I still have many more years interacting with my children, there are so many things I've learned along the way. And some of the things that I've also picked up from mothers who have older children or even have had more children with more challenging needs or perhaps unique abilities. And all these have influenced my own perception of parenting, not as a parenting manual, but as a way of you as a mother improving your well-being while you're parenting. 
So uh, there are four things I kind of distilled this into that just helps with that enjoyment process. I believe life is to be enjoyed, not endured. I'm going to say that again. Life is to be enjoyed, not endured. So your life as a mother needs to be enjoyed and you can do that with your child. The first thing I would like to share is letting go. You need to let go to enjoy your parenting journey. And what do I mean by that? Society has got expectations. Your community has got expectations. Your spouse, your family members, people around you have got expectations. And those expectations are the main cause of stress and overwhelm for mothers because we are hoping and wishing that we could meet all those expectations while ensuring our well-being. But there are some times when the child has to eat from the cereal box. Rather than beating yourself up and say, oh my goodness, I'm not a good enough mother. Sometimes you need to let go of those expectations. You need to let go of those beliefs, especially those limiting beliefs that have been instilled into you. I come from a culture where the child is to be seen, not heard. Same with the woman, to be seen, not heard. And there are, there are also some notions that when a child is doing great, the child belongs to the father. And when the child is not doing great, oh, it's the mother's child. And I know that there are some people that have been through that situation and they're beating themselves up. Some of us need to let go. And that's the reason why I'm saying the first thing you need to do is to let go of those limiting beliefs, let go of those expectations and enjoy that process with your child. Sometimes there are some rules and regulations that are not serving us. I know a mother who had a child with additional needs and this child did not like the idea of waking up early, going to school and all that routine that came with it. Now, of course, we'd like to get our children to get some form of discipline. And this woman had tried everything. She had threatened, she had bribed, she had cajoled, she had done everything to try to get this child to get out of the house, into school and feel happy about it. But the moment came when all these things that she has tried had failed and she decided, you know what? They expect me to get my child to school at 8.50. If my child decides they want to get to school by 9.30, I will class that as a win. So through her ability to say, I'm going to let go of this thing, her level of stress reduced. That was the first thing. Then she had a heart-to-heart -heart talk with the school to say, this is my, what I'm going through. She had also connected and liaised with the doctors to say, how can I support my child? What can we do to help this child? And before we knew it, this child started to enjoy the process of getting to school. It was now a situation whereby there was a preparation stage and interaction stage. And sometimes the child will get to school way early and is keen to walk in. And sometimes the child will just go, okay, all right, nine o'clock, I'm going to school today. Being able to let go of that control of what is outside <laughs> of our sphere of control is really liberating. So that's the first thing, because then you can enjoy your parenting experience. You can enjoy your interaction with your child. You can also enjoy your own well-being. Imagine that. So that 
first thing is key and pivotal to our well-being. The second thing I'd like to share as a very important thing to incorporate is listening. Yes, we need to listen. We have got two ears and one mouth for a reason. We need to listen more. Some people would say, when you listen, do you have to do everything you listen to? Now, that is a debate for another day. But today, we're going to talk about listening, especially listening to your child. I remember when my um, son was very young, he had this uh, thing where he would, he was very, he was very um, observing. He would just sit down and just watch. He was a baby then. And all he did was watch and look. He would not say anything, do anything. Mm -mm, he just sat down there. And after some time, he would eat and then sleep and then wake up again and observe. And he was just taking things in. The moment he decided he wanted to talk, my goodness, we couldn't stop him. He was just... <laughs> and I know that sometimes with our young ones, especially the toddlers, they just talk and talk and talk. And sometimes we just say, okay, I've had enough. Just take a break, take a break. Sometimes we need to listen because in the plethora of things that they are wanting to express to us, there is a gem in there that is telling us what their intimate needs are. Like we, they also need to be heard. And when you allow them to express themselves, you are able to pick up on what's troubling them, what's exciting them, what is fun to them, and even where, which path they're hoping to go into. Each of us has been given a special gift. We are all talented one way or the other, in one thing or the other. However, when we have a mold, like in society where they say everything has to be done a certain way, there are some people that don't follow that certain way. And that's why the first step I mentioned, or the first thing I mentioned was learning to let go. Because sometimes when you listen, you would be able to pick up on some of the things, the unique qualities of your child that helps you to understand that, ooh, they are not part of the crowd. They are a unique individual that is desiring something. You'll be able to pick on those strengths of theirs. There is a popular saying that they say, work on your weaknesses. I don't believe that working on your weaknesses is the best way to achieve success. When you have strengths, it is easier to work on those strengths and amplify them. When you work on your weaknesses, it's great and it's good. And there's a time for that. But when you're constantly telling a child to work on their weaknesses, rather than listening to where their strengths lie and aligning it to whatever things they need to do for their weaknesses to be at least up to par, guess what? We are making them feel inadequate. It's the same thing we do for ourselves as well. I recall there was this... Um, story about a fish, a monkey, a snake, and a rabbit. And they were all told to take part in a race. Now, this race was going to be multi-faceted. Um, so when they embarked on the race, there was the climbing of the trees, there was the swimming, there was the running, and all these things were... Um, events that these creatures needed to go through. 
as people were watching, it came to the notice of many that if you were able, if you judged the fish by, by the ability to climb a tree and you told the, the fish, you have to climb this tree, that's part of the thing, the puddles you need to cross. The fish would look at that tree and think that it's an idiot. Whereas the monkey would just climb up the tree. And if you told the hare that it would be successful if it could swim across a river, it would look at that water body and think, I am a failure. I'm useless. Whereas the fish that was feeling useless climbing the tree would swim swiftly across, easy peasy. We need to listen to those things that our children are telling us. Sometimes they tell us what they enjoy, they're excited about, what they're scared of, and we need to be able to listen. Now, of course, you remember your toddler probably talked a bit, but if you're getting Older children, your, ch as your children get older, you start to see them evolve. Their speech starts to change. Sometimes they get to the teenage years, and that's a very special time when you almost try to beg them to speak. You really want them to speak, but they're not really speaking as much. But sometimes they actually speak to you about certain things to kind of test the waters on how you would receive that information. And if you <laughs> perhaps don't receive it well, they withhold themselves from sharing with you. I'll share with you something. My daughter, she's um, a preteen and it's been a beautiful journey, you know, growing through her many, uh, well, I would say many years because it's beautiful seeing that evolution. And being a problem solver, I mean, I'm a family doctor. People come to me, oh, I've got this issue, I've got this problem, I've got the symptoms, and then I examine them, take a full history, and say, oh, this is the diagnosis and this is the treatment. So it's like, here is the problem, here is the solution. That's my job. That's my calling. As a coach, I also do that. As a teacher, because I train medical students, I also do that. And so when I'm parenting sometimes, and I used, I do that. But there was a day when my daughter says, mommy, I want to tell you something. I need you to listen. And I didn't quite get it. So she started telling me, oh, did this happen? And this was going on and this happened. And I was like, really? Wow. Wow. Oh, anyway. Um, by the time we, she finished talking, I said, wow. Ah. So with that, this is that this person did this. It wasn't particularly right. You, I mean, we, we could potentially be looking at maybe you doing this or you doing that. And we, I was giving suggestions. I could see the facial expression of my daughter change and she became silent. Thankfully, I was able to listen, not just with my ears, but listen with my eyes as well, because you can't listen with your eyes. So I was able to perceive that, oh my goodness, something has happened. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> you know, not even really saying something wrong, but what did I do? What did I say? And um, she, in a very low voice said, mommy, I just wanted you to listen. And I'm, I said, I'm so sorry, my darling. Mommy is so used to problem solving that Whenever I hear something, I look for a solution in my head 
and I present it to you. And of course, it's an advice. And if you want to follow the advice, great. If not, fine. I should have asked you what exactly the intention of that discussion was, and I did not do that. So please, next time, I will try to do that. But also, please help me by telling me what exactly you want me to do. So the next time she said, Mommy, oh, I have something to tell you. I just need you to listen. I listened to those words and I listened. And by the time she's finished talking, I was like, wow, thank you so much for sharing that with me. How do you feel? She says, I feel better because I really just needed to vent. Wow. Do you know, that was a learning curve for me because here I am. I feel like, oh, I'm a good listener. But I was in that problem-solving mode, which is like a almost like first nature to me as opposed to second nature. So I had to start to listen more so that I could pick up what she was dropping down as she was sharing her thoughts and also able to listen by perceiving her, the change with the first time I <laughs> got that um, uh, experience. So we have so many things we can do with our children. And since then, I've just ex enjoyed learning from the ability to listen to her and being able to listen to my son as well. Because of course, you know, no two children are the same. Even if they are twins, they're not the same. They're all different. They have certain styles, certain um, things that appeal to them, certain things that excite them, certain things that maybe scare them. We need to be very thoughtful in terms of how they perceive these things and be sensitive to what they are doing. Now, I know that, of course, some people had the upbringing of do as I say, not as I do. You do this because I'm your parent. Because now children are a bit more vocal than we were when we were younger. When we were younger, your parents say, do this. You say, yes, mommy. Yes, daddy. That was it. No questions asked. But these days, children will say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Why should I do that? And I remember there were some children in our days that would say, why would I do that? And they would say, because I said so. <laughs> you know, and even now we still have some parents saying, because I said so. But what we have found is that when you keep saying, because I said so, as a reason for telling your child to do something, it gets to a point where they hide they, their true selves and they go and live it like a second life outside of home. And by the time they are grown, you can't even recognize your child anymore. So how do you enjoy that parenting? Is by listening from them what they are saying. Sometimes it's nonverbal as well. The third thing is to learn. And you learn by listening. You learn by actually asking them to tell you what they want. You learn by continuous improvement. Now, of course, from my own background, I, I was so blessed to have parents. Uh, my father was, he was born before his time. Even though we came from a culture where children were to be seen, not heard, my father wanted every one of us to have a voice. So anytime we had a decision to make, he, it was his decision perhaps as the head of the family, but he would bring each and every one in, of us into the discussion we would have a family meeting, everyone in the living room, and he would say, get a pen and a paper, write your questions, write your thoughts, your suggestions, and let's discuss this. Sometimes 
by sharing in that environment, you learn from your child. Thankfully, I had that upbringing, but not many people did. And I have started to incorporate that into my own parenting practice. And by so doing, that has helped me from being an unconscious parent to being a conscious parent. And some of you would perhaps be familiar with that terminology. That's a terminology I learned from Dr. Shefali, who talks about conscious parenting. And it's so beautiful to be able to be aware of how you parent your children. And also sometimes even how you parent yourself. Many of us need a situation whereby we are more intentional about our parenting as opposed to going with the flow of what society has told us or what our upbringing has shown us or what our belief system has dictated to us. So learning is a constant process. And when I when I go to conferences, I still go to conferences, talk about parenting. I, I read books about parenting. I do, um, I listen to podcasts about parenting. Why? Because I am evolving. I am an eternal student. And for those who are listening, I honor you because you are also taking on that role as an eternal student. Everyone taking on an openness to learn new things or even to relearn what they already know is doing something that is not just great for them, but great for the people they interact with. So I applaud you for that. And if you've not already, please subscribe to the podcast, share this with other mothers. And most importantly, I'd like to let you let me know what is going on, what your main takeaway was. So please feel free to just subscribe to ref to review this as well. Now, when we are learning, we are growing because learning is a refreshing process and is good for our mental well-being. You remember, we're always talking about well-being for mothers. Your mental well-being, reading books, take, getting learning experiences is, is very important to improving that mental well-being. And when your mind is filled with good ideas and good thoughts, belief systems, your emotions start to reflect that. So rather than you having mom guilt, fear, anger, you start to feel that love, that joy, that peace, that enjoyment and well-being that you are desiring as a mother. Now, the fourth thing I'd also like to share is love. Now, you would say, I'm a mother. I love my children. Yes, it's great. Yes, you love your child. No one is disputing that. The thing is, do you love you? Yes. Do you love you? We all love our children, and sometimes we kind of think that because we love our children, we need to sacrifice our well-being, sacrifice our time, sacrifice everything about us to make sure that they feel loved. But sometimes they need us to love ourselves. They need us to take time for ourselves. I know I mentioned earlier that there are some times when your child needs to eat from the cereal box rather than you making a full Sunday roast. Why? Because maybe that's the time you need to take a break. You need to have a rest. That is self-love. It's not selfish. It's also showing them how to love themselves as well. Sometimes you can, by virtue of showing yourself how you are loved and loving yourself, you show them how 
not only loving themselves, how they can love themselves, but also you're instilling some core memories that they're going to utilize in their own journey, in their interactions with people, in their own parenting role as well. And that causes a ripple effect that ensures well-being is spreading and flowing and glowing. So this is so beautiful. And I really, really encourage each and every one of us, let love be a normal thing that you express to yourself, to your child, and to people around most importantly to yourself, because you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot give what you don't have. So fill yourself with love and ensure that as you do that, it would flow. One of my mentors said, you should fill yourself up with so much love that people around you will benefit from the overflow of that love. You are a fountain. And especially as women, I, I love the, the relationship that we have with water. We flow. We give. We receive. And because we give life, because water gives life, not just to us as human beings, but to every creature on planet Earth, water grows life. The fishes are in the water. They be, are alive because there is water. Even though, yes, they drink the water and whatever, but they swim in the water. They breathe in the water. They expand in the water. Do you know how much sea life or water life is available on this planet? We are like water and we are like that fountain that is giving off so much well-being, so much love, so much goodness, so much ideas, and we need to nourish ourselves. And that's why love is so important. That is how you can enjoy your parenting journey by first loving yourself and then allowing that to flow to the people around you. I talk about this in my coaching courses, in my um, trainings. And if you would like a deep dive, and you'd want to be able to get into the training vault and get access to the club where we talk about so many amazing well-being tips and strategies, go ahead and join us. I'll put the link to join the club in the description below. Go ahead and join us. And in addition to what we do in the club is that we do monthly book clubs there sometimes we cover books. A very, very good book that we've covered is The Love Languages of Your Teenagers. And that is so powerful because when you are able to understand the love languages of your children, you can relate with them in different ways. I have identified the love languages of my children. And the way I relate with one is different from the way I relate with the other because they are two unique human beings. So don't forget to subscribe. Please leave a review and please come and join us in the club. If you'd like to have a deep dive and have this coaching courses, accountability, and so many amazing things in the club. I am Dr. Duny. I am the host of the Wellbeing for Mothers show and your coach as a mother. I look forward to connecting with you. 
Do take care. And until next time, I ask that you stay well. Mm -hmm.